I've tried to record this intro four times now. This is the fifth take. Um, so I'll dispense with all the bullshit. The Colonel made one of my favorite albums of this year. Um, came out on Single Lock Records, which if you know me, um, you know I consider one of the best and most important small record labels operating in, in the country and, and probably the world right now. Um, they're based out of Florence, Alabama. And just the work they do and the records they make and, and their ethos and their outlook is just very important. And you should support them. And you should support the Colonel um, because he is, they are, he is an unbelievable songwriter, a great band, um, amazing people, um, just just beautiful, lovely guys making beautiful, lovely music that's not quite country and it's not quite psychedelic. It's not quite singer-songwriter. It's kind of all of those things. And they made this record, um, and I remember when I was down in Florence and Sheffield, Alabama, about a, going on almost a year ago, I was about to cut my own solo record, and um, I was cruising around with Ben, my buddy Ben Tanner, who runs Single Lock and also produces these records, and he's an outstanding engineer, and and he played me the rough mixes from this album, and uh, I, part of me didn't want to. Part of me wanted to cancel my recording session because um, I was just blown away at how good these songs were and how great the performances were. And um, I, was, I got, you know, I got to go make a record now after hearing that. Like that, that's not fair. Um, but this this album and 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 the Colonel is is is. Um, light country uh, i've written about it it's amazing um and uh, i hope you could check it out um again the performances uh, one of who i consider arguably the best guitar player i've seen in in america today uh, cotton clifton is just, i mean it comes across on record for sure, but it, to see the Colonel live and to see just the way that dude approaches the guitar and the way he plays it, I mean, it's 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 pretty humbling as a musician. Um, so, you know, again, to have someone like the Colonel making records with someone like Cotton, it's kind of unfair to the rest of us. Um, just to have that much talent on one stage in one studio. Um but over the years, these guys have become very dear to me and very close. And, and you know, they, we had them crash at the house a couple of months ago uh, after they played at the Cat's Cradle. And we had a big barbecue, a Jersey barbecue, not not a Southern barbecue, as you'll learn very soon. Um, and uh, we sent them on their way. Um, Cotton lost all of his shirts, so I had to give him some of my shirts, I believe. I don't remember how or why he lost his shirts. But he lost them. Um, but that's beside the point. What's that? Oh, that's right. So there was a collection taken up at the show um, for him to get some new shirts. That's beside the point. The morning before they left to go play their next show, uh, I sat down with Joe, a.k.a. the Colonel himself, and we had a fantastic conversation about where he comes from and what informs his music and I'm not going to describe the conversation anymore because you're about to listen to it. So I hope you enjoy. And after the talk, I'm going to play a song from his new album, light country. Check it out. Check out the Colonel, support him, support them, support single lock. I'm glad you guys are listening. 
I'm going to go eat this pasta lunch that Emily's making for me. Thanks, Em. Um, I don't need a metronome. All right. We're here. It's May, late May, Memorial Day weekend, which, again, gives you a clue of how long it takes me to um, cut and publish these with the uh, Joe, Joe Garner, Joseph Garner, a.k.a. the Colonel. Uh, everything's held together by duct tape here, so hold on. Mm, if you can't duck it for, or get it, that's what they say. That's it. There we go. Nope. All right. Fuck it. How's it going? Man, now that I'm at your house, great. Yeah, we just had some fierce um, <laughs> barbecue. No, we didn't have barbecue. Well, you you might call it barbecue. No, no, we had, had a, a barbecue. Exactly. Yeah. We had a barbecue. <laughs> Katoosh. That seltzer, because we... Had a couple too many last night. Katoosh. We had a barbecue. We met steaks and we had burgers. And uh, it's Memorial Day weekend. No, and, uh, we, you. You we, made it. Oh, well. You made it all. I cooked it. We all made it. <laughs> um, welcome. Yeah, thank you. So, who's the colonel? Who is the colonel? He's just this guy on stage for 45 minutes tonight. Yeah. And, and, and beyond that, he, he disappears. Well, he just he goes he under and to quote the Leonard Cohen song we were just singing, he goes beneath the golden hills. You know, after, <laughs> does he come on and off with the suit? <laughs> he's only got the suit for those forty five minutes, and then he's just like blends in with the mud. You know, right, right. So for the uninitiated, who who will soon hopefully be initiated, um, the Colonel is um, not re- I mean, not not a doppelganger. It's not a character. I mean, you definitely have a different vibe on stage than you do off stage. Yeah, you're a showman. What's that about? Well, I, I don't know. If, I don't know uh, if it's a showman. Is it intentional? Well, yeah. See, I'm a twin. I have a twin brother. Okay. And so, I think that has something to do with it. Maybe. How's that? You know, like always feeling some more tangible dualism. Yeah. Within the self. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I mean, the stage kind of gives you the ability to do all that stuff anyway, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, but it does make you think about uh, the idea of what it, what does it mean to be genuine or something, you know. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm constantly thinking about all those things because it's sort of the, the impetus was just putting a suit on and being like, okay, um, I'm going to try to keep playing country music, you know, because yeah. that's what my pop did. Right. And that and, was his suit. Yeah. So it was kind of like a cute thing, but but it was kind. It was also it also felt kind of weird, you know. Like, how would you not try to do something with you know when you see the when you see this? I just found this suit, and I'm like, how am I not gonna? It fits me. You right. know? Why am I? <laughs> I, I want to at least think about it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. It's been like six years, still thinking about it. But. Well, it's this funny <laughs> thing that I think kind of came part and parcel a lot of, in a lot of ways with like the with the. Prolifer- proliferation of indie rock and that people kind of st- in a lot of ways and it's not a problem that's indie rock oriented it, it just it happened at the same time I think in a lot of ways people stopped performing yeah and a lot of bands um, you know and I think it's kind of starting to happen again but there was a while yeah, there it is, yeah. where you would get on stage and you would just play it's all like confessional or something you know? right like or, and that's not a show yeah I, you know, I, I and some and a lot of times that works. That's fine, but like yeah. when people actually put effort into the idea and that it's that this is a show, 
And this yeah. is a performance. And like you said, like you can kind of be whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. I dig that. So that that that's cool. And and, and you could tell and, and 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 I think it's it's interesting, um, especially to people who don't know you. Like there were a lot of yeah. people in the crowd last night who were just like, you know, I could see it on their faces and I don't know, does this happen every night where they're like that first half of your set they were like they were trying to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is this? And that's what that's what you bank on when you're touring and playing and stuff is like you're not going because you think some of your friends are going to show up. You know, you want right. to go and these people don't know you anyway. Right. You know, and you can give them a distilled version of what you want them to see from you. You know, right. that doesn't make it, you know, a, a non-genuine expression. Yeah. It just means that you recognize you're on a stage sure. and that these people are looking up at a stage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um... You know, that whole theater thing. I mean, that's where the stage comes from. Well, I, mean, I, forget, I forget who it was. Maybe like... Aristotle. Or, it was Aristotle. <laughs> it was like Carol Burnett or some, I don't know, some, some old actor, actress, I guess you called them back then, but now they're just uniformly called actors. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, she went into this, uh, this audition, and she was chewing, obnoxiously chewing a piece of gum, and the director was like, can you, can you, you know, and she was like, sorry, and she took the gum out, and she stuck it under her chair. She did the audition, and then she left. And then the director was like, you know, what the fuck? And went to the chair, and there was no gum. It was all... She was doing it. She was doing it. Yeah. You know, and I always think of that, like that that, like that, <laughs> that performance thing where it's like, you know, you're just fucking with everybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I don't mean fucking with as like a derogatory. I mean like, and, right. you know, as soon you as... You have that power within you, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So, so well, that's cool, man. So, so, so you come from a musical family. Mm-hmm. Your old man was a, uh, a, a very successful bass player. Yeah, he had a long career yeah. anyway. Played, you know, I mean, that means successful. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did it for a living. Yep, that's success. Well, he mostly was a home builder when I was growing up. I okay, because he got off the road for the most part when he was uh, he he was about forty when I was born. Okay, so you know he was he was on the backside of. Of that, uh, yeah. well, can't all have a kid that lifestyle, torn, right? <laughs> yeah, and my seven, a sister that's eleven years older, so she kind of had more of that experience right. of him being gone for three months at a time and that kind of thing. But yeah. by the time my brother and I were born, he was pretty much around a lot and would just play the Opry on the weekends and then do like they do a couple, they do like a weekend run every now and then. You know, who did he play with? Dale Reeves mostly. Okay, for twenty eight years, I think, and they were best buddies. I mean, um. I only ever lived in Centerville, okay. Tennessee, which is where Dale was living, about 45 minutes outside of Nashville, okay. southwest of Nashville. And Dale was living there at the time. And so when my dad moved to Nashville, he moved into the Centerville area okay. as well. So that's where I grew up, you know, just because Dale, Dale lived there. So, you know, it was a, you know, they were really close. Yeah. You Where's know? your dad from? Is he from Tennessee? He's from uh, around Rome, Georgia. Okay. Yeah. And oh, so, ha- so w- is everybody else? So it's you and your brother, and my sister, and her sister. Yep. Is everybody musical? Well, my Did sister. Did your dad bring that into? Because if he wasn't touring, he was just playing. So for you, is like it wasn't. Was it a thing? Was it like? Well, yeah, it's interesting. Like he, they, I don't know. He never played music in the ha- like records or anything like that. They never listened to music really. My mom listened to some music from time to time, but but my dad played guitar a lot in the house, right? You know, and then at some point. He decided he never went to church or anything. But he was a very spiritual kind of guy. Yeah, and he decided he wanted to have a gospel group with okay. the family, Garner family. So my, he's like, 
my brother, you know, played stand-up bass. Right. You know, I was playing guitar. My sister was singing, trying to play mandolin. So we did that for a handful of years before he got sick. You know, so that was kind of fun. But otherwise, um, everybody, I think, loves music. But uh, and my sister still sings quite a lot yeah. like, at church and stuff. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And, uh, but otherwise, um, no, I mean, music wasn't like, it was sort of like, whenever I started playing music, he didn't really want me to do it. Right. I mean, he kind of discouraged me from going down that road, right? You know, in subtle ways. Well, it's yeah. and then I understand. I don't know why it's not? I mean, not you know, most makes, makes mo- more sense every year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so did he? Did he? He didn't actively discourage. He just kind of hit his guitars. Well, he <laughs> when he when I pushed him far enough, and I was like, "Hey, listen to this song I wrote." You know, you know. Then yeah, then he would actively discourage me. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> Say, Nah, it's not that good. So, you know. <laughs> I was listening to an, inter- an interview on uh, NPR the other day with uh, with the truckers, and, and and Patterson was saying that his father was like, "Don't, don't, don't do this, man. Don't." He's like, "This a, this ain't for you, and b, you ain't good enough." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, the second part is probably why he kept doing it. He's like, "I'll show you." Man, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no good dad is gonna say, "Yeah, son, that's great." You know. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. go f- Go for that. Drive around in a car three hundred days a year. Yeah, making, making three ten bucks a night. A day yep. Um, drinking every night. Mm-hmm. So then, so how did you? So what you just started? You kind of picked it up naturally, or did you? Did you? Was it like an active decision where you're like, I'm gonna play a guitar? Yeah, or, it kind of happened like when I was like maybe seventeen or something like that. Right. I wanted to play Peggy Sue. Okay. On a guitar, I got really into fifties music when I was a junior and senior in high school. Somehow, I think I, there was just like a local station, you know, played oldies music. Yeah. And I just started listening to it all the time, and you know, reading about it and trying to, you know, yeah. all that stuff. And uh, so when I when I, uh, I asked my dad to show me how to play a Buddy Holly song, and that's kind of what started it. And um, and then I started, you know, getting involved with church things. And for the next, I mean, until really I was about. 24, 25, I didn't do anything with music other than play at church. You are, you, are you a religious guy? Or is that just a cultural thing? Um, well, no, I, I, yeah, I was. My, my family never was a church family. Yeah. All, you know, so th- I made that decision on my own mm-hmm. and kind of, um, you know, went down. The, it was kind of like an individual path yeah, you yeah. Know, for me. And um, But, yeah, I mean, it all just kind of progressed. And I, I was an English major in school, and I liked to write poetry and that kind of stuff. You know, and at some point, you know, the music, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I can play this guitar and write stuff, right. you know, and, like, maybe I can write a song. Right. But it didn't dawn on me for, like, six years. Right. You know, I was just, like, up there strumming, you know. Yeah. And uh, finally I put it together one day. But, yeah. Did you... um. Did you start playing in bands like kind of right away, or was it just kind of you? No, it was like straight songwriter, you know, like Sam Beam, you know, kind of. It was that is that time period. I grew a big beard, and I was like, you know, (laughs) let's play coffee shops, you know, and stuff like that. You know. So how did you get involved with playing in bands and stuff? Or did you? I mean, was it? So have you ever? Have you been in a band? Yeah. Or was it just you and people? I played bass in in a couple bands before I did my own thing. Like with you a guy. toured with uh, 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 man, what's his name? Uh, Andrew. Andrew. Andrew Combs. Yes. Yeah, but even before that, uh, like when Brandon and I first met, we were playing with this guy, Gr Robinson, who's a bass player for Water Liars. Oh, cool. Um, who's I guess maybe defunct at the moment. You know, they're not really uh-huh. doing a lot of stuff right now, but but he's still. I mean, he's an incredible songwriter. And so I, I played bass with him. That was one of the fir- very first things I did, uh, other than. 
you know, just strumming, yeah. strumming along. Even before I was trying to write songs, uh, we, we kind of met at this weird thing in Jackson, and I told him I played bass when I didn't because my dad had a ba- my, my dad right. had a bass, and I just really wanted to be around music and try to yeah. be in a band. And there's and, only and, four strings. Yeah, yeah. So easy, play easy one enough. At a time, you know? And so we just started messing around with each other, and, and uh, yeah, and then kind of played bass a little more after that. But mm. that was kind of my gateway, though, was playing bass with a couple folks. And uh, and then yeah, when when whenever my dad died, it was like it felt like all right, time to go. Right, you know, like it's let's let's do some do some stuff. Well, how did he die? He had a brain tumor. Yeah, and he lived with it for a few years and stuff. But so it was good because um, he we kind of had this. You know, he discouraged me at first, but then it was kind of like all right, you know, here take my instruments. Yeah. You know, that's his bass that you play. Yeah, right? yeah, and his mm-hmm. guitar. Mm-hmm. Is that his? One? Yeah, yeah. You um. Did he? So he heard your tunes then. I mean, were you writing songs? Not anything that I play now, but, really. But but he heard some stuff, and <laughs> I I was playing these like eight minute folk songs and stuff, you know. <laughs> and he, you know, I'd get done with it, and he would be like, "Oh, that was abstract," <laughs> and that's all he would say, you know. So he's that, just, know, kind of a stoic. <laughs> um, so then you started. What, what, so when did you start kind of formulating the kernel like this? Because this is your second record, Light Country, which was just released by uh, the, um, I mean, Ne'er Do Well Single Lock Records, <laughs> uh, Single Lock Records in Florence, Alabama. Um, just came out in March. Yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah. ish. Right. Yep. Um, first quarter, as we call it. Yep. That is, yeah. Q one. That's how came I remember. Q one. Yeah. Q one. <laughs> Um. So when did you when so you have one record before that? Yeah, one full length. Mm-hmm. And when and what? But this is kind of like a. It almost feels like a debut. Yeah, because it, we made that one in like 2010, okay. and and put it out in 2011, and so I was just like my first attempt at trying to write, you know, mm-hmm. something that sounded like country, you know, and because um, the stuff you were playing before wasn't really country, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like finger style, you know, yeah. wham whack kind of stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. and uh, so I didn't know what I was doing. None of us did really, but right. we, were, you know, we were like, let's try this together. Let's listen to Honky Tonk Heroes and you know stuff, and and try to fake it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, so have some fun. So that I mean, yeah, that's kind of where that started. We just kind of snowballed from there. But but I had a conversation with my dad actually before he died on the phone about being interested in um, the country music mm-hmm. idea of. Of being on a stage and and um, the spotlight, yeah, and just like using that platform, uh, you know, lumping that into what you're doing instead of just saying, "I have a song and now I'm going to go sing it into right. this microphone." It's right. like you're thinking about every part of that when you're writing the yeah. song. Yeah, and you know, when you're thinking about what you're doing because, I mean, w- you know, we grew up to you know going to these like f- they always call it the flea market. You know, I mean, it was a flea market sometimes. It was this big pavilion kind of. Real rundown, you know, kind of huge slab, you uh-huh. know. And they'd set up a couple of microphones like this and a tiny speaker. And Dale would get out there and they'd, they'd get out there and do like a little trio, like two acoustic guitars and bass and just singing gospel songs and singing stuff. And they'd do bits, you know, yeah. and funny. And I got videos of this stuff from when I was a kid. And, and I just love that, you know, like the, they didn't need any of this, right. you know, big stuff to, to have this kind of time and right. to entertain each other and stuff, you know. It's entertainment. Yeah. It's not... Yeah, the the, the 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 it was more all encompassing. Yeah, you know, I, I always felt like when I watched like, uh, uh, you know, like the Dean Martin show, 
Like, like <laughs> yeah. it was like, you know, there was an, you know, and, and the, I don't know, like, like we said before, a lot of that stuff has kind of been lost. Yeah, because it's, you start thinking of things in the, in the wrong terms. I mean, like, this is stuff that people, they don't do it for money. Right. You know, like this, you know, like what they did at the Grand Ole Opry, the, the inception of that was just sort of taking what was going on in the community and right. giving it a platform and right. saying, WSM's a big insurance company. They can fund it, and we can broadcast it, you know. But this stuff was already going on, right. you know. This is on back porches and stuff. Yeah. Like, I remember my dad talking to, telling this story this about, about uh, Tammy Wynette's father, who just could never believe that people would pay her to go and sing. Right. You know? Because that's what he, you do on Friday night. Yeah, he's like, why back. would anyone pay you to do that, you know? <laughs> and that was just sort of the mentality, I think, of that, you know, the generation that preceded my dad's generation, you know? But they took it and I think did a lot of good stuff with it. But yeah, some of the entertainment side of it kind of started to ruin it over time yeah. and then it became a little, little, little uh, lopsided. Right, right. You know? right. But, so yeah, I mean, if, if nothing else, it's just an effort to re- retain those things for myself and to know that I'm trying to embody, you know, the stuff that I remember, yeah. you know, and um, I, I always think about, um, you know, a certain group of people, you know, that mm. I grew up around, you know, mm. these like characters, you know, that well, good. They, well, they could have been something, you know, it's the thing like, well, you could have been a Mike Blackwell should have been a star. And, right. You know, so-and-so could have done this and could have done that, you know. But they did it. They did it for each other, you know, in, in, in the community and stuff on Friday nights. So. Well, and it's funny <laughs> you say that because that's like, it's like this, this. there's a sense that, I mean, I think what you do is very kind of forward-looking and, you know, kind of the blend of almost psychedelia, you know, and country. But at the same time, it's very classic country music. And, and I think that, has a lot to do with that, you know. And it was funny because I was, I was getting a drink at the bar last night, and uh, this one guy sitting at the bar next to me looks at me. He goes, uh, "That's that's some classic country." <laughs> I said, "I said, yeah. I mean, you know, we didn't even play a shuffle. That's right. So that's it's right. Not, it's not even classic, you know. <laughs> but it's like it's that it, 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 it has that sense and that feel of like, you know, before country was co-opted by, you know." the rest of the world yeah. when it was still a very niche thing, mm-hmm. a niche thing that was one of the biggest things, you know, it's, yeah. it was, it was always weird to me because where I, where I grew up, it was very, um, there was a lot of that kind of influence. It was on the Jersey shore, but you know, it was like, it was, it was a very kind of, uh, had a Southern, my, my wife calls it the South up North. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, but at the same time, like it's still it's that thing where people say like, "What do you I like any everything but country?" I like everything but country. Uh-huh. So like, even though you had these, you know, the genre that was so huge, and we were saying last night, like you find country everywhere. Yeah, there's country, not not country music, but country, country is everywhere. Country is like that Tom T. Hall song. Country is yeah, yeah. yeah so he's not saying country is below the Mason Dixon line. No, yeah. country is this, this, and this kind exactly. of lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and I think that that that, that you know what you, what you're doing. And it kind of encapsulates that, and it's not because you have these. I mean, I don't know how you feel about some of these. I'm not going to fault somebody for being successful, but these music row people, you know, and this formula, this mm-hmm. formula, you know, this this kind of, you know, it's just like it's pop music. It's not country, mm-hmm. you know. And I see these guys, and like there was, a, I forgot what his name was, but I saw some picture of some guy on. It was an article about how he's he's doing a really cool thing. He's 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 giving songwriters um bonuses for just getting cuts on his album oh. it doesn't have to be a hit but yeah, if, if you just you get a cut yeah um because that's cool songwriters in nashville they don't make any money unless it's a hit yeah you know it's not right. you know so and it hits very a very specific thing 
Right. And I forget who the guy's name is, but I, there was a picture of him in the article, and like he had this baseball cap, and like he had the, the you know the shirt and then like the necklace, and like, I'm like that dude, you know, like, and I know it's it, do, it doesn't matter what you look like and what you said, but like it was this weird thing where like he kind of just looked like he could be from Hoboken, New Jersey, <laughs> you know, and 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 it, it was just I don't know, it's it's it, it, it's uh, I mean, because who am I to say? Well, but it's, it, it is that thing. You drive down Music Row and you just see the big vinyl signs and stuff. So and so has number one hit and all that stuff, and you just think, how did he get? How did he get here? Right. You know, it's like you got the Owen Bradley statue over here, right. you know, right. and then this guy, uh, you know, with the baseball cap and you know, like yeah. the whatever that thing, you yeah. know, and he just, you know, and there's a reason, I guess, that it got got like that. But it is kind of it's jarring, you know, when you think how little time has passed, right. you know, for this thing to be so. Uh, such a shift to have occurred totally you know on music row, but. and just I mean just the fact that that and you know again this is on the on the major you know macro scale like this music I mean if you listen to classic country music or good any good country music I mean these people are singing about some of the most heartbreaking soul bearing shit ever yeah. Oh, yeah. but then you kind of have this crossover into the pop world and they're singing about you know my truck and my grill and my flag you know, yeah. it's it's really strange because you have this this art form that's the arguably the most earnest. You know, listen to an old Dolly Parton song. It's like uh-huh. holy shit, man, or George <laughs> Jones or any of that stuff. And it's just like, uh-huh. and that, you know, so I, I don't know how you feel about that disconnect. And that was kind of tangential, but well, you know, I'm, but, but no, it's a it is definitely an interesting conversation. I remember hearing a story about somebody asked Chet Atkins one time to describe what the Nashville sound is, and he stuck his hand in his pocket and jingled the change around. Right. You know, so you can say arguably that this shift occurred a long time ago, and it sort of maybe it's an indication of the, like the general cultural letting go yeah. that you see affecting all kinds of things, yeah. you know, or whatever, whether it's, whether it's political, you know, or, or whatever. I mean, there's just a general letting go of things and, you know, just like people be just being consumers sure, and not being, uh, much else, you know, and then enough people do that. And, you know, so that drives the market and that says, well, people want to hear this about the truck and, right. you know, and so if it's, just, it's just going to go there, yeah. you have to play that, that if you're in that business, you can't, you can't force people. Sure. And, 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 and I, I often think about that too, is like maybe, you know, whatever that, that, that honest earnestness and whatever that Dolly Parton used to sing about, that was the formula back then. Yeah. It's just the formula's changed. You know, the formula's yeah. always been there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, 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 all right, so you made the first record. What, what was it called? Farewell, hello. Farewell, hello. Farewell, comma, hello. One word. Um, and then you put it out yourself? Yeah. And then what, you started playing shows? Yeah, just like, try to play shows for the next four or five years, yeah. just like, where yeah. well, I mean, where, so you're based out of Jackson, Tennessee, yeah, which is not Jackson, Mississippi. Right. When people you need to say Jackson, oh yeah, I know John, I'm going Jackson. No, yeah. um, uh, 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 it's a small town. We played a show there a couple years ago, and there's not much going on. Yeah. It's a cool place. I mean, it's 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 true South. It's yeah. it's and it's the home of Carl Perkins. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, how do you, how the fuck do you start? Like, where do you play? Where, like, I mean, there's the the downtown tavern. Yeah, is that it? Well, that used to be more of a thing when we first started trying to play. You uh-huh. know, like there was a there was a bit of a there were several songwriters in the area. You know, 
and people that were... Like successful songwriters or guys who wrote songs? No, yeah, people that were just, I don't know, just like there were guys down there that were like listening to Elliot Smith and okay. doing stuff. I mean, it was just like there was some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, just if you're interested in songwriting, you can go to the open mic night every Tuesday down there and it would be packed and it would be people be doing cool stuff they'd be doing their own stuff mm-hmm. you know and it was like a little thing so it was easy to get lumped in in there and so it kind of created a core group with guys like gr and me and and eventually brandon coming along and um you know so that kind of was an encouraging thing we'd play shows down there and everybody really loved it and so it gave us a bit of a momentum and we'd, we'd go out wherever we met people mm-hmm. and we'd have them come back and then so we kind of used the tavern as a way to meet other touring musicians, right. you know? So then that's why we need to come to Chapel Hill. Exactly. You got John Howie. All, all these years later. Right. You know? But, and it's not at altogether a small town. It's about 80,000 people. But, Is it really? But it's just not. It's culturally pretty small. Yeah. And even, I, th- I think, in some ways, even smaller now than it was then. But I don't know. I mean, there's, it's a strange time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we just kind of, like, did whatever we could, man, for the next four years. How'd you guys get music down there? I mean, were you growing up? Were you like, because where I, so, so where I grew up again is like the Jersey Shore FM radio, classic rock. So like for us to get good music was, it was, it was, you know, pre-internet impossible. I mean, how did you, like what, how'd you get hip to stuff down there? Same thing. Yeah. You know. Was there, was there college radio? There was. Nah, nothing like that really. Stock up when you go to Memphis. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and there was you know Gr was really plugged into Memphis, so we did a bunch of stuff over there, like like the Memphis Hates You Festival, yeah. and like you know all this like all this funny Memphis stuff. We played over there a lot, met a lot of people over there. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then just trying to at some point it dawned on me that I needed to be smart and try to make some connection with someone, you know, in Nashville in the way that I wanted to. So that's when you know I met Combs. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of wiggle my way into playing playing bass with him. And that, you know, that's how I met Ben Tanner, too, mm-hmm. you know, playing bass a little bit uh, in, on a Shakes tour with Johnny. Right. And, you know, at some point, you, yeah, you realize that if you want to make progress, you've got to be smart about where you're putting yourself, you know, yeah. without compromising, right. you know, but, yourself yeah, right. as well, you know. Well, I always found it funny, you know, in meeting people in the music business who were not... You know who are who are, you know, fastidiously anti um, self promoters. Yeah, you got to be, dude. Yeah, you know, and 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 listen, it's I'm not a saying terrible thing, but totally. Yeah. And I'm not saying you got to go out and fucking hand everybody your your demo, but yeah, it's a game. Yeah, and you got to play. <laughs> you you got to figure out how to how to get closer closer to the next thing. Well, you know? I had a conversation a couple weeks ago with a friend of mine, and he was saying how we did a tour with the War on Drugs, and he was saying how. He didn't. It didn't make sense to him, musically, and I said, "Dude, you're 100 percent right. It didn't make sense musically. We're a rock and roll band, and yeah. they're a, a you know a, a, Tom Petty psych band. Exactly. I mean, I guess it made sense that we all had guitars, but I was like, well, you're not. I'm, you're not going to say no when a band, you know, <laughs> yeah, like you're like, I'm really looking at this, and I don't really think that it's you yeah. Know, well, I'm not. I'm good, <laughs> man. We're gonna. You guys go ahead and play for 1,900 people every night. We're gonna stay home. You know, and it's that thing where it's yeah. like you have to do that shit. Yeah. You know, and 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 people are are are, and it 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 is icky sometimes. Yeah. But that's you know, that's part of the fucking game. It's so. an icky business. Exactly. Um. All right. So then you got hooked up with Ben, who runs Single Lock with John Paul and and Will 
um, Reed and yeah. all those stew nods. Um, <laughs> and should have put Reed at the top of the list, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I guess he's the only one that does the work, right? <laughs> uh, so that so then you got hooked up with those guys, and that was a couple years ago. Because yeah. I remember the first time I encountered you was that American songwriter thing at 116. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Everyman were cutting our record with Ben. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And you guys played. And that was like the first show that John Paul had done. In like, yeah. And that was the thing. That it, was just, it was just me and, me and uh, yeah. Brandon on that. Yeah, that was a big deal because, yeah, people hadn't heard him do anything. And I mean, it was so funny because I was hanging out in, in the back and Dylan LeBlanc was like, hey, man, you want to come outside and have a smoke? And I was like, oh, sure, you know. And, and, and the way that 116 is this little venue in Florence, Alabama, the way that it works is if, if you go to the bathroom, it's kind of to the right of the stage. And if you're walking out of this bathroom hallway, basically you're walking, you're facing the crowd, and the, and the stage is to your left. And I walked back in, and fucking everyone was crying. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck did I miss, dude? <laughs> Holy shit, because I hadn't seen Dylan in a while, and I wanted to catch up with him for a minute. And yeah. Everybody in the room was crying. <laughs> so um, I remember that. So that was about when you got hooked up with Single Lock. Yeah, it was a little before that um, when I was playing bass on that tour. Um, and I, I met Tanner. I went down. Uh, we were playing this this like outdoor thing in, in uh, Columbus, I think, Columbus, Ohio. And it was during the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. uh, one of those Miami Heat, LeBron mm-hmm. years. And went went to this like me and Jerry Pentecost, the drummer, and we got bust down to this area. His name is Pentecost. Yeah, Jerry Pentecost, great great drummer. Is that his real name? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. yeah, it's tremendous. Pente- yeah, he's like into the, yeah. But uh, we went down to this uh, this building and walked in. It was a big screen. There was one guy sitting in this huge room watching the NBA Finals, Ben Tanner, right. and I didn't know who he was, right. but I, I I learned pretty quickly that he was rooting for the Heat. Okay. I'm like, who the heck is this fucking for? diva? So I just started like, you know, <laughs> razzing him. I was like, yeah, what are you doing? You know, like, oh, come on, you know. Not even people in Miami are Heat fans, dude. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how we first met. You know, is like just, you know, was he playing with like Dylan or somebody? Or he was playing with the Shakes. Okay, and we were opening, and it was the first. It was the first show of the tour. Oh shit. And so I didn't know who all the backup people were. Right, right, right. I know, I know right Brittany, you know the band. I know what Britney looked right, like. Right, right, <laughs> You know, you know Britney and you know Zach. Everybody <laughs> yeah. else is like, just kind of blends in. I, yeah. And uh, so then I started talking to him about this project that a friend, my, it's actually my next door neighbor even now, is a this girl named Alice Calvary, is a songwriter. And she was like, do you want to help me produce an album? And we had just been talking about it. And the more I talked to Tanner, he was like, well, I'm starting up this label. And uh, I said, well, man, I'm working on this project. And he said, well, send me some stuff of hers. And we'll, and, and it worked out. And we ended up going down and, and cutting this little thing in a couple of days at, at the Nut House, actually. Oh, cool. So that was the first time that I hung out with him much. And so during that process, I was like, well, I actually write some stuff, too, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, so then, you know, we kind of started the ball rolling. And, of course, it took a few years, you know, before it matriculated. But, yeah, man, I mean, from the time I met him, it's just been so – it's just like yeah. – one of the people, one of the, just like, you want to meet certain kinds of people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you hardly ever meet those people, right. you know, when you're doing this stuff. And so when you do land, you know, someone like Ben Tanner, yeah. you know, you're like, you just want to be around them and work with them. And, they you know. do it, you know, they, they, they do, you know, they do it for the right reasons, yeah. you know. Um, and, and I think they run their company well and they're tasteful and they're great people and, you know, and, and Ben said something to me last time I was hanging out with him that was super poignant, and he, we were talking about making records and shit, and he's just like, he's like, you know, like, because he's had a ton of success, 
dude plays in Alabama Shakes, you know, runs a great label, like, you know. And uh, and there's no one more deserving. The dude works his ass off. But he said something. He's like, you know, people think I figured shit out. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how I can keep doing this uh-huh. for as long as I possibly yep. can. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, dude. I mean, that's kind of everybody, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. You got the recipe. You know how to make it next time. You know, you just kind of keep, you just kind of keep doing it over and over. Yeah. And hope, so, hope that so, it comes back. I mean, the shit they're doing is like, I remember the South by Southwest this year. I mean, I was there for work and I was supposed to be working, but I just hung out. Uh, at the single lock yeah. party, because like, those are the people that I want to be around. Yeah, because the industry, you know, is icky and it's yeah. gross. Yeah. So when you meet people like that, you know, and you know, there's ickiness to those guys. Yeah, because they have to be because they're a record label. Yeah, and I don't say that as a diss. I say, I'd say that as a as a as a compliment yeah. actually. But like the fact, the way they handle them is like those are the kind of guys, you know, and 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 pretty much everybody involved with that label from from the artist to to everybody so yeah. so I'm you know I'm psyched that you're, you're 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 in with those guys um you you guys made one of my favorite records of the year thus far um tell me about that a little bit before we wrap it up here you guys yeah. got to head to Charlotte uh yeah it's all good about the album yeah man we made it we just kind of made it fairly quickly you know it at the single lock studio yeah the the single lock studio which are transitioning into that new building yes. you know now so it's kind of a bummer because you know we had such a good time over there man yeah. and good memories and uh i mean these songs a lot of these songs are pretty well formed when we cut them because we've been playing a lot of it on the road the last couple of years so once we got it together we just kind of like popped it out and yeah. You know, and then I work with Tanner on on the back end. Were you going there? Were you traipsing back and forth to mix and shit? And yeah, yeah. Like anytime he mixed anything, it was the two of us there the whole time. Right. You know. Right. And a lot of times it's me just sitting there, you know, watching him and listening, watching what he's doing. You know, but we talked. I mean, we had a great man. It was just a, such a. I mean, that's the thing you're talking about. When, you know, about the icky business and stuff. You want to connect with people that are good at what they're doing and are successful or whatever, but you want to connect with them on a, on a personal level, yeah. you know? Hell yeah. And, and so well, if you're going to entrust this everything. thing that you created. Yeah. And, and you, wanna, you want to know that they're listening when, right. when you try to elucidate for them what you right. are trying to do, yeah. you know? And, you know, when that happens, it just makes everything so much more enjoyable. And, and the thing was, you know, that's funny about Tanner, like there, there would be times where, you know, you're working st- on stuff for ten, eight, ten hours a day, like just during a mixing session. Yeah. So you're just sitting there bombarding your mind, you know, with yeah. all these sounds for hours and hours on end. And so things would get testy, yeah. you know. And I just loved it every time, you know, something, you know, he'd snap at me, you know, or I'd snap at him. It was just like over, right? you know, right there. Totally. You know. And sometimes those those things can get strange, you yeah. know, and people get offended and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, it's it just so easy to work with people like that yeah. who know when it's time to say, hey, man, shut up. I know what I'm doing. Right. Like, you don't know what you're doing. Right. Are you, you an know? engineer? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, it, it, this, this record, the one that you, that, my record that you just played on, mm-hmm. um, uh, Joe, uh, side note, Joe played bass on my solo record. Um, ben was like, when do you want to come back to mix it? And I was like, I don't. <laughs> He's well, like, what? he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, you, I'm, I'm going to go home, you mix it, send me, some, send me some shit, and I'll send you notes. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just going to sit there and ask you what you're doing and get in your fucking way. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Like, it was like, I, I, could, sure? I could do that. Yeah. I'm like, just make it sound cool, dude. Here are some general things I want. 
And uh, because again, like I don't want to, I don't want to be in your way. Muddy the water. Yeah. You know, we had this funny time when we were we were working on the album because I'm the opposite. Like I'm sitting there going, I'm very protective about every single thing. You know, or, or, like That's I don't. How I would be. I don't want to let any any little detail go. Totally. And I found myself like constantly going. So then I just started like writing myself notes on my computer. Um, and, and like I was writing, I would just like write these paragraphs again, like, you know, leave Ben alone, let him work, <laughs> and you know, trust him, you know, this and this and that. Well, I went to the bathroom at some point, and he saw my computer. <laughs> he like came back, and he was just like, "Hey, man, uh, I peeked at your computer, man. Thanks, man. I, I, really, <laughs> I really appreciate you giving me this space." You know, I was well, like, "Oh, that's embarrassing." <laughs> well, but also like it's 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 such an intricate thing where it's like, you know, whatever you're thinking. That you want him to do, he's he's probably and and yeah. he, he being every engineer, he's doing that. Yeah, but it takes a minute. Yeah, he's like, hey man, can you can you get the reverb up on? The, yeah, dude, I'm getting the yeah. reverb on the guitar. Like, uh, just and 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 the yep. way I always looked at making records too is that you can get when you're sitting on that fucking couch behind the board, <laughs> you can get so deep in a fucking wormhole. Oh gosh, yeah. But the reality is, is that one tiny extra bit of delay on the vocal going to make or break this record? No. Like, the songs are going to make them break the record. Yeah. The performances are going to make or break the record. The mix as a whole is going to make or break the record. But these these little fucking things yeah. that we get so... They drive you crazy. Yeah. That you end up fighting with the engineer. Like, yeah. And, and, and the music never benefits from that. You know, right. it's like we were we were talking... What, what, we heard a song yesterday in the van uh, on the radio, and it was oh gosh, it was some like classic rock song or something, and... Um, Someone was like, oh, man, this this snare, you know, sounds like shit. It was like some kind of like hot guitar thing or something. Yeah. It was a guitar that was like really awesome. And they're like, yeah, the only thing that sounds good is the guitar. And I'm like, all right, I was like <laughs> sleeping in the back. I was like, I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, the guitar sounds cool because the snare sounds like totally. that. You know, totally. so all these things are always playing, you know, together. So, you know, once you start picking one thing and you're saying, I don't like this one sound. So let's change that. Well, then you just changed everything. You fucked everything else up. You know? Yeah. And so that's why you got to have somebody that knows, is aware of, you know. So yeah, that's what I love that, that you know, you're going to mix something well when you're listening to the song. Right. You know, or you're experiencing it as a, you know, as a song or as a whole. Right. You know, and does it serve the song? Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times there's this weird, like, power struggle, too, where it's like, well, I have to give you this note because... I want to make sure that you know I'm the boss. Yeah. That this is my record. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. dude. Like, just because you need to make a note. And there are plenty of songs where, you know, Ben and Albert Rothstein, Rothstein uh, and Jamie Sego mixed the record as well. Mm-hmm. And there, there, there are plenty of things where I'm like, cool, sounds good. Yeah. And they were like, Not, nothing. Like, no, nah, dude, it sounds <laughs> cool, man. Like, yeah, there are a couple of things I could change, but if I change that, we got to change, you know. And, yeah. You know, and it's not going it, to, it doesn't fucking matter. In the end, it doesn't matter. <laughs> And something else that, that, that Ben told me that I was kind of stuck with me was like, it, it's what happens in front of the mic. Yeah. It's not what happens behind the mic. Yeah. So if you don't perform it well, you don't, you're it not well, going to get in on the other side. Right. If your song isn't good, yeah. all the fucking snare sounds in the world don't mean a goddamn thing. <laughs> That's so. right. Nobody's listening. Nobody, hey, man, listen to the snare on this, unless it's a really cool song. Exactly. Like everybody pulls up the Al Green song. <laughs> if that was some like terrible song, you know, totally. some bad vocal or something, you'd be like, I don't care what the snare sounds Dude, like. The song sucks. <laughs> so. All right, well, let's wrap this up with the seven random questions. Um, oh. Well, where can people find you? 
on, well, online. Tonight, Charlotte, right now, well, Chapel this Hill. This will be up in a couple of weeks. Uh, three weeks ago, you can find uh, the Colonel in Charlotte, <laughs> North Carolina. Darn, we missed him. <laughs> um, Lightcountrymusic.com. Light, L-I-T-E. Uh, L-I-G-H-T, I think. You sure? Because your Instagram is L-I-T-E. Well, yeah, the Instagram is L-I-T-E. Okay, so you're uh, just actively trying to not have people find you online. Well, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> what's the seven ran? <laughs> L- okay, so if you're on Facebook, it's L-I-G-H-T. No, no, no. If you're on the internet, L-I-G-H-T country.com. They're not going to look for me, are they? They are, because we're giving them explicit instructions. <laughs> if you're on Instagram, it's L-I-T-E country. For now, yeah. For now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Make them work for it. All right, so the, se- <laughs> the seven questions... Uh, this one isn't. Uh, uh, this is not one of the seven questions. But who who do you think is going to win the Coke Six Hundred tonight? Uh, <laughs> I mean, how's Truex? Truex is, is the best. He's the guy. <laughs> is he your guy? He's my guy. All right, man. Well, that's what I'm going for. He won last year. He's a Jersey Shore mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. All right, seven random questions, and uh, we're, we're pulling for the seventy-eight team tonight. Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? Uh, these these are all yes or no. However you want to answer. No, no, no. Most of them I'm going to give you two oh. options, but this one is a little more open-ended. I would say uh, generally, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, milkshake or ice cream? Mm. Uh, ice cream. High socks or low socks? Ooh. I'm a crew guy. Well, you're a boots guy, too, though. I'm a boots guy, so I have to be a crew guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, jump shot or inside game? Oh, man, Jay. Give me the jump. <laughs> uh, Perkins or Shoney's? <laughs> I gotta go Shoney's yeah. man, because, I mean that, that's Yeah but I, that's the old school Shoney's That I'm thinking of The greasy Shoney's The good Shoney's Shoney's used to be something man Yeah At the best salad bar in Dixon Well it was um, When we used to go to Florida That was the only time we'd get Shoney's Because we didn't have them up by us So when we go down to like Disney World It used to be a thing man It used yeah. to be a, a real thing Yeah um, Alright hot chicken or hot rods Hot rods uh, Alright and the last one Hold on is that seven one two three? Four, five, six, that is seven. What are the top three condiments? Ooh. Jeez. Um, this is so bad, man. I'll I tell you one thing. I'm so bad at uh, coming up with favorite things. Okay. It's one of the worst things. All right, if me. you had a hot dog, what would, be the, what would be the three things that go on a hot dog? I like some of that, like, German spicy mustard stuff. Oh, the brown the mustard. Chunks in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's called, though. It's got a weird, long mm-hmm. name. It's got some, like, umlauts and stuff yeah. in there. Um, boars, I, I like mayo. Head. I like mayo with pepper. Okay. You know? All right. Uh, it's kind of a British thing. I like dipping my fries in mayo. Okay. And pepper. Um, and what's one more? Is a condiment, does that uh, connote liquid? You know, or, like, some sort of, like... No, you could put salt. It could be, like, be a condiment, I guess. Okay. Theoretically. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. Maybe something like, uh, oh, I have a dill relish or something. You know, it sounds nice on a hot dog, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. Well, um, when you play snug tonight outside, hopefully the hot dog guy will be there. Yeah, I'm going to get one. They're amazing. Tell him to do it his way. Yeah, all the way. Well, he'll way. ask you. He'll say, you want it You want it, or you want it my way? Or he'll <laughs> say, like, I forget what he says. He always says, like, like uh, you let me do it my way. Okay. He's like, that's what he says to his wife, too, when he gets home. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna let, you want, how do you want it? You want to do it my way? All right, well, check it out online. The album is Light Country. Um, it's tremendous. I wrote a piece about it on Medium a couple months ago that I'll put in the link. Um, and I'll, I'll link to Joe's music, The Colonel, 
Single Lock Records, Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, we'll see you soon, man. Man, just so nice to be in your house, man. I'm happy to have you. And by the way, uh, uh, it was steak, cheeseburgers, corn on the grill. Still reeling. Yeah. Still reeling. Well, no, we're happy to have you. I'm happy to see you guys. All right, man. Thank right. you. What is the name of this uh, podcast here, by the way? Uh, it's called It's called The People on My Floor. And that was it. That was the episode with the colonel, Joe Garner. Um, I'm going to play a song now. I, you know, how do you... Um, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I, I'm genuinely not exaggerating. Uh, this record is watertight. Um, there, there's not a weak moment on it. And for me to have to pick one of these songs, I wish I could just, you know, stick them all on there and you would just listen for another 40 or so minutes. Um, but uh, to pick one, it's it's not, it wasn't easy. Um, so I picked um, the tune Cold Shoulder, um, which, uh, again, it's not the best song because I, I how can you say what's the best when something is as good as this album is? Um, it's just the song that, it just kind of reminds me the most of being being somewhere um and and that's kind of important when i'm listening to music it it kind of gives me a sense of unearned nostalgia i don't know why it, it, it doesn't feel like new jersey you know or new york city but it feels like something and so um i'm going to play it for you cold shoulder the colonel check it out buy the record light country support single lock and uh go see him and them when they play live um I I assure you, you will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Every man hits the bottom sometime, but I've hit the hole. Since you took through the door, I'm more myself than I've ever been before. I don't regret I never read between your lips the more silent thing.
in the field that I won't name. Clear my head and feel the bed go light and light away you used to lay. Life of losing sleep, running my feet inside of your shoes.